Okay, Roland, thank you guys for, for listening to Wherever It Goes, episode seven. Whoop, whoop, the Lord's number. Nice. <laughs> um, I'm Carlos, that's Emily. Uh, yeah, there's our introduction. Not as cool as episode five or whatever one that we introduced each other. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, today... I wanted to talk about co-sleeping. Hmm. Controversial. Yep. We talked about it episode one, right? I think so. Episode yeah. one, we talked about it and I had done some research in it, but we've also co-slept with Phoebe and with Shepard and we still sleep with Phoebe and she's two years old. Mm -hmm. First, do you want to go into your experience with Phoebe, co-sleeping with her, how, how was that? You want to go into that a little bit? I feel like it, I'll jog your memory a little bit if you're thinking about it. So we had not initially planned to sleep with her. We didn't even like, yeah. we didn't know it was a thing. We didn't know it was controversial. We didn't know it was dangerous. Uh, yeah. Or, and as new parents, that's not like co-sleeping is not something that ever when I was like researching how to be a parent, because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anything. So of course I Googled and asked my mom and asked other people I knew who had children, all of the questions I had, but co-sleeping and what to do about my daughter's sleep schedule or the way she slept or where she slept was not something that ever really crossed my mind. We tried when Phoebe was, Phoebe was born, we tried to let, you know, swaddle her and put her in the bassinet and have her sleep in the same room as us. But for me personally, that did not feel natural. I did not feel comfortable putting my baby in a separate sleeping area than I was in. Did we? Because we had a second room, right? Mm -hmm. Gosh, I'm having a hard time remembering what that, that was only two years ago. And I'm having a hard time remembering what that house looked like. Yeah. But we had, I'm pretty sure we had two rooms upstairs. We did. We just never went into the, the second one. Did, we didn't even like put a crib in there, did we? No. We, oh, yes, we did. We, did. we had a, a crib that we had got from somebody else on base, but we didn't use it because she was so little that she was in the bassinet. But we never really set up like a full nursery for her. Did we even um, try? Because we knew that we were going to have to leave. So this, this was the, the first three months of her life we're talking about in she we tried to have the bedside bassinet mm -hmm. and tried to set her in there and then wake up and yeah. and change her and, and it's I so funny how looking back like we got through it all mm -hmm. um i'm i'm even having a hard time remembering like what it was like cuz that just felt so quick and just so yeah. surreal like what a crazy experience bringing a baby home and taking care of them yeah well and I had this gunny who uh, had a baby. He was probably six months old at the time that I had Phoebe. And he told me, he said, you need to put her in a crib in a separate room and you need to let her cry it out. If she cries for you, you need to let her cry it out. That way she'll learn how to soothe herself and fall asleep by herself. So crazy. And we tried that. We tried that. I really did try. 
But I remember so vividly that first night that we did that with Phoebe, she was crying and someone and they told me to let her cry it out. So I did for probably 10 minutes and I couldn't take it anymore. I remember sobbing and just feeling so guilty for letting my baby that wasn't, cry. That wasn't when she was newborn though, was it? No, she was No, this was no. like, she was like a year old at that point or something when we tried to have her sleep by herself. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, that so that's way down the line. I'm talking about when she was a newborn, we had initially had a bedside bassinet. Yes. We tried to put her to bed in that. And then slowly what happened was I think, you know, we'd wake up and feed her, change her, rock her. And I think one one night you just tried setting I, her next I to you. I had been so sleep deprived. Phoebe was sleep deprived. Carlos was sleep deprived. Phoebe was waking up a lot in the night and crying. And so I just had enough and I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to try to, um, I'm going to feed her while I'm laying down and I'm going to lay her next to me and I'm going to feed her and see if she'll fall asleep. Because what was happening was that I would feed her and then I wouldn't be able to set her down without her waking up. And so I just thought to myself, I was was like, okay, I'm just going to lay her down, lay next to her and feed her and see if um, she'll stay asleep. And it worked. She stayed asleep and mm-hmm. she slept so good. She slept for hours. And, and how did you sleep? And I slept great knowing that my baby was next to me. Mm-hmm. And then so what happened was um, I started sleeping with her on my chest. And then once she got bigger, I started, you know, sleeping with her next to me. Um, Didn't I? I even would have her sleep on my chest sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or we'd start that way. And then if she got fussy, it would be like set her next to you and you and would, I would feed her whip the boob out and she'd go back to sleep. Yeah. And so that brings me I'll I'll rewind a little bit. So that was kind of our experience. Was it it wasn't intentional, but it just kind of naturally ha- happened with what we just trusted our instincts yeah. and just it felt right to have her sleep with us and mm-hmm. and it ended up happening that way and ended up working out. Would you say you were ever concerned about rolling over on her cuz I I know no, that. no, no, no. Because um, here's the thing is everyone told me, like, don't co-sleep. You're going to roll onto your baby and you're going to suffocate her. I slept. I slept good, but it was almost like I was sleeping with one eye open. Like I was so aware, even in a deep sleep, I was so aware of Phoebe. I was so aware that she was there. Mm-hmm. And it's always been like that. I've never been concerned about rolling over. So what I do remember is those first three months, we were, it did feel right to sleep with her, but at the same time, you were hyper aware of, of her. I, I was never concerned that we'd be like, oh no, we forgot about Phoebe and, and, you know, we rolled onto her in the middle of the night. First of all, I'm not like, we were sharing a bed and I'm, I've never woken up and been like in a completely different spot or yeah, I've never been like laying over on top of you or anything. So I wasn't concerned about moving around too much. I don't really move around too much. You don't really move around too much when, when you sleep. But I do remember in the middle of the night, do you remember? When Phoebe wasn't sleeping with me, I know exactly <laughs> what you're going to say. What was I going to say? The night that I woke up screaming at you. <laughs> yeah. So when Phoebe was not it wasn't sleeping a night. with it was, me, it was, it was multiple times. times. Yeah. When she wasn't on me or next to me, when Carlos had her, like I said, I was so hyper aware that Phoebe was in our bed. And so there were times when I would wake up forgetting that she's not next to me. And I'd be like, Carlos, where's Phoebe? Is she breathing? Is she breathing? Because 
to me, it's like, I was hyper aware of her, but I didn't know if you were. And I didn't know. So when you couldn't feel her right away, or you didn't know where she was, you would immediately would start yelling screaming. at me. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because it would be like, you wouldn't even be fully awake. Like, we'd just be sleeping, calm, everything's peaceful. Next thing I know, you're yelling at me. And I'm like freaking out because that's kind of a crazy way to wake up at one in the morning is getting yelled at. Where's Phoebe? Where's Phoebe? And they'd be like, oh, she's right here. And then you just go back to sleep. And I'd be like, I'd be awake still. Like, what just happened? <laughs> but so is that normal? I don't know. I feel like that's got to be, that's got to be normal. And you were more hyper aware than you realized. But I'll go into, we can talk more about what we remember about co-sleeping with Phoebe or with Shepard even. With Shepard, it seems like it's, we'd already done it before. So it's like he's sleeping with you and you're just a professional at it now. Yeah. But the first thing that I wanted to bring up was um, you had mentioned kind of this social pressure to have your baby sleep separate than you, which is crazy. Yeah. I, we didn't even, I don't even think we had even thought about, let's put our newborn baby in a different room. Yeah. Which I don't know if people genuinely feel like that's the right thing to do or if they feel the social pressure to do that. Because to parent the correct way. Because yeah. I'm not going to say that like people are bad parents or anything, but for us, it didn't feel right. It didn't, it wasn't even a thought like, let's put our baby in a whole different room and then just shut the door. And if they, if we hear, happen to hear them crying, we'll get up and then go take care of them. Not that that's the mindset of other parents. For me personally, that never felt right. It never felt natural. It, everything. It feels like more work. Everything inside me. When I, when I would put Phoebe in another room, I just, it just felt wrong. Or and that was something that I wasn't willing to compromise with. I wasn't willing to be like, okay, let me just fight this instinct that I have to have my baby with me. No, I personally believe that God designed it for us to be with our children. A mother and a child should not be separated. Mm-hmm. I personally believe that they should not be separated. And I'm not saying that if you do have your kids sleep in a separate room as newborns, that you're a bad parent. I don't think so at all. There are definitely times where I wish, and I've told people this, There are times where I wish, I wish I could have my baby sleep in another room and not feel bad about it because there are some nights where I'm like, okay, I just really want sleep. I want to be able to not be crowded when I'm sleeping. Especially when she wasn't like a newborn anymore. Yeah. Right right now. She's like kicking me in the face and stuff like that. Phoebe's two and she still sleeps with us and we got a bigger bed. We got a king size bed and it's, it, it works out and you know, it's nice to have our kids sleep in between us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what works for us and for other people, you know, they, they enjoy, um, yeah. their personal space or whatever, whatever reasons people have to sleep separate than their kids. For us, we couldn't find enough val- valid reasons to put our kids in an entirely different room, especially like our first kid. I, it just sleeping with your kid in a separate room is a luxury in America. That's a social luxury. It's that- very, very normal in other countries to have your children sleep with you. And or just, to have the whole family sleep well, in one room. Biologically, that just makes sense. If you think about every other creature, their babies are with them. It's not like a bird will put its babies in a separate nest. And it'd be so funny if this actually happens, like if there's a bird out there that does this. But a bird doesn't put their babies in another nest and then go go to a different nest where that bird and then it's the bird daddy. Yeah. Just like, that, that, it just... I don't know. You don't see that anywhere else. And then, mm-hmm. but in America, we're like, I have a five bedroom household and I'm going to 
put each of my babies in a different room and we're all just going to be separate from each other. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not to say I know there's going to be someone out there. <laughs> we're who's being like, so careful. I know. I know there's going to be someone out there. And I'm speaking to you, this person that is going to comment, even though I'm saying this, you're going to comment. I know it. Our kids are not going to sleep with us forever. Okay. We plan on, on Maybe. rotating Phoebe into her room and like getting her to sleep in her own room at some point. But while they're yeah. little, it feels right for us. Maybe it doesn't feel right for you. That's fine. That's fine. I care about what I do and what feels right for me and what I feel is going to benefit my kids. In we're the just explaining, run. we're just explaining our situation and what's, what we've been doing. Take it or leave it. And that's, I'm just going to set that as a disclaimer for the rest of this episode because so that we don't have to keep doing this. We're talking about our, our experience and how it, it's, how it's affected us. If you feel like you're an outlier or whatever, perfectly fine. Do what you do what you want to do. But yeah, for us, co-sleeping has has worked. The other thing, a statistic that I found that is specific to sleeping with your kid, I believe in the same room versus a separate room, I think for the first six months, um, I found something that said, I think it was the the CDC or American Academy of Pedi- Pediatrics that said sleeping in the same room as your baby it reduces the risk of SIDS by 50%. Wow. And I don't know if part of that is because you're able to hear your baby. I'm sure, you know, that's part of it, right? Mm. First of all, what is SIDS? That's a whole nother podcast that we're going to have to talk about because SIDS literally just means sudden infant death syndrome. And it's anytime the baby dies, typically through the night is when the most happen. But I think it's something around 3,500 babies die a year, I think, in the U.S. About 3,500 babies die a year from an infant death syndrome, which, you know, there's theories about that too, What what is SIDS. But if you can reduce that by 50% just by sleeping in the same room as your kid, I would say that that's Why probably how it was intended. Yeah. And so... We didn't even, we weren't even aware of that. That's not why we chose to do it. Like we just said, it's just, it just felt right. Yeah. We were, when we decided to (laughs) co-sleep, we were so uneducated. Like we just did it purely because it felt natural and it felt right. And I think I, I really believe that we come with instincts, especially mothers when it comes to our children. Yeah. Um, And I think that we need to follow those instincts. I think we need to stop listening to what the doctors say and what the professional parents say and tell us to do and tell us that. Our child's, our, our child's, our children need pacifiers. Our children need this and need that. And it, no, your, your baby needs you. I firmly believe all your baby needs in the first six months of their life is you. And maybe some diapers and clothes. But even that, you could probably go without diapers if you just we're willing to clean up every mess. Your baby <laughs> needs you. Your baby doesn't need all these fancy things, all these fancy toys. If you want your baby to learn, teach them with, by, with yourself. That's like the best way they can learn. Is teach facial, them with yourself. Facial expressions and talking to them and interacting with them. You know what I just realized? Like that's the first thing your baby is going to learn is to read emotional cues from you. I just right? realized you're dressed like Miss Rachel. No, I'm not. A little bit. <laughs> uh, kind of. I'm but the yeah, less I think, educated Miss Rachel. I'm the I'm I the hippie version of Miss Rachel. Great value, Miss Rachel. <laughs> Rude. I'm just kidding. You're better than Miss Rachel. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm the Trader Joe's Miss Rachel. <laughs> to get us back on track, I started looking up co-sleeping 
one of the first thing American Academy of Pediatrics is kind of the seems like they're the the CDC of the how to take care of your babies. Mm-hmm. And immediately one of the first things that is on their website is AAP urges parents to make sure that the baby sleeps on their back and flat on a flat surface and strongly discourages bed sharing. So they just right off the bat are like no sleeping in the same bed as as your baby. Mm-hmm. Which here's the risk. We'll just go into that. There's obviously the the worry about it is suffocation. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's no other way that your baby's going to die mm-hmm. by sleeping with you other than the the increased risk of suffocation. I think right there's I guess they could fall off the bed, but not when you're sleeping in between. Yeah, she's baby would sleep in between us. But then when I tried to look up how many babies actually suffocate, there was I couldn't find anything about that. And so they just kept citing about 3,500 babies die a year from SIDS. SIDS, which to me felt very kind of manipulative of kind of the use of, of data to that just didn't feel right. They're saying 3,500 babies die every year overnight from sleep-related things, I guess. I forgot how they worded it. But they aren't saying that 3,500 babies die from suffocation from a parent rolling over onto them. The only other thing that I I found was, I think it was a UK article. They say 130 babies die a year while co-sleeping. But even then, they didn't say 130 babies die a year from getting rolled over on during Mm -hmm. sleep. The only thing that I found when I when I was looking up like how many babies die from getting rolled over on during sleep or being face down in a in a mattress or having a big blanket over them or you know whatever it is which again like I think I think babies the other thing is babies are more sturdy than we give them credit for and I think that to say that a a baby's going to suffocate if they have a a blanket over them is kind of it could be it's exaggerating they could somehow roll over and and get trapped especially if they're in a swaddle and you put them face down in a in a blanket like and they have no way of moving but they squirm enough to where they can usually free themselves at least that's our experience with our babies they were pretty good about if they ever got in a weird situation they could uh, squirm out of it but i'll go back to this article that i found this article that i found about a mom in ohio who had rolled over onto her baby and the baby died from suffocating. She did this. So her first baby, she rolled over onto it and it died. And then uh, she was warned, I guess, by, it just says that she was warned about the danger of co-sleeping. And then a year later, it sounds like she had another baby and did the same thing. She rolled over onto that baby too. And that baby suffocated. There's not much more details besides that, that I could find. Was she drinking? Was yeah. she, was she on drugs? Was, yeah, was she, which is, those are things that, you know, we can go into later, but you don't want to be on any sort of sleeping medication, anything that impacts your sleep, smoking, whatever it is. Right. Obviously be responsible. It's pretty common sense. You know, if you're under the influence, you probably shouldn't be taking care of your children. You should probably get a, get a babysitter. I don't know. I don't know what the entire situation is, but a year later she rolled over on her baby again and the death was ruled a homicide and the prosecutor's office decided to charge her with involuntary manslaughter and child endangering. Four days ago, I found an article that said that she pleaded guilty to child endangering and the involuntary manslaughter charge was dropped and she's on 
three years on probation and is required to take parenting classes. So again, I don't know what the the full situation, if anyone knows more situation, let us know, because I would like to hear more about that situation. But that's the only article that I could find that was like parent rolled over. I'm sure there's there's others. There's got to be. Um, I'm not going to say that she's irresponsible or anything like that, but they said that she was to the point where they said they charged her with involuntary manslaughter, which is kind of crazy. It's crazy that you can, that society is so against co-sleeping that they'll charge you with involuntary manslaughter if there's an accident involved with co-sleeping. Well, because they, because they told her no more co-sleeping. Oh, really? After the first time they said, Hey, don't, don't co-sleep. Like that's dangerous. You, you just killed your baby co-sleeping and kind of gave her a slap on the wrist. And then a year later, the same thing happened. What are the odds that the same mom kills two of her babies the same way? Yeah. Accidentally. Maybe that's, maybe it's higher because she, maybe she's more at risk to, maybe she rolls around more. Maybe that's just the kind of person that she is. Maybe she, maybe she was drinking. Maybe, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of things that could explain it. Maybe it wasn't an accident at all. Could be. But yeah. She could be a single mom that it just got angry at her babies in the middle of the night. Like whatever it is, I'm not saying that it's any of those things, but there's anything that it could be. And so, but yeah, there's nothing that's like, there's no clear statistic on how many people roll over on their babies Hmm. in the middle of the night. So that's why I'm like, is this really a concern? A little bit. I will tell you this. Like it definitely happens. We're not saying that. It has happened, right? Right. Could it happen to you? Maybe. Could it happen to anyone? Maybe. I don't know. And that's why I think people are so careful when they say you should co-sleep because there are risks. Isn't it so sad that we can't even express our opinions without fear of people? Like, is, yeah. isn't it so sad that we can't that we can't just say I co-sleep with my child because that's what works for me and that's what works for my child and we're all healthier and happier for it without somebody without fear of somebody telling you that you're a bad parent or somebody criticizing yeah. you or somebody threatening you, threatening to it's, like call somebody to take your children. Yeah. It's so sad that we can't just parent how we want to parent. Obviously, if you're abusing your child or you're not being a great parent, that's when it's okay, I think, for people to step in and say, hey, you're not being a great parent. This is what you need to do instead or there's going to be consequences in your you know, like those consequences are either going to be you're, you're hurting your child or your child is going to be taken from you. But if you're a good parent and you just have different opinions and different views on things, I just, it breaks my heart that we can't just parent the way we want to parent our children without society telling us we're doing it wrong because we're not doing it like everybody else is. Okay. I'm going to say something that might make a lot of people upset, but it's crazy that it seems like co-sleeping is more frowned upon than abortion even more people are okay with you saying i'm gonna go kill my my fetus or whatever whatever they however they want to put it i'm gonna go end my pregnancy and they'll be like yeah go ahead awesome good for you woman empowerment but you say i want to co-sleep with my baby they're like oh my goodness you're gonna kill your child yeah like you shouldn't do that i just think that that's crazy no that's true that's it's i mean it's true so i'll go into kind of one of the effects of this stigma around co-sleeping so sleeping with your baby in the bed is moms will feel this pressure to not fall asleep with their baby in the bed and the result of that is they end up being more tired and trying to 
catch up on sleep in the middle of the of the day or whatever it is, they'll go on the couch and they'll try to sleep with their baby on their chest, which I think statistically is more dangerous than if they were just to co-sleep with their baby. So because there's this pressure against don't sleep with your baby in the bed, they'll sleep with their baby in a recliner or whatever it is, which is more dangerous mm-hmm. because your baby can actually get stuck. Yeah, They're you not can on fall a flat asleep. Surface. Right, you can fall asleep and and they'll roll over and actually get caught in one of the arms. I saw a story of a a dad was sleeping with his baby in his arm right here. The baby's head slipped back, got stuck between his arm and the couch, suffocated, and he woke up and found his baby dead. He was in a recliner. Yeah. Baby's right here. His baby's head slipped back while he was sleeping. He didn't notice it. Woke up, found his baby dead. And they'll say, you know, don't sleep with your baby in the same bed. And then parents go and do stuff like that. Like, okay, I'm not going to sleep with my baby in the bed, but I'm going to try to catch up on sleep because they didn't sleep at all because we had our baby in a completely separate location. The other thing that can reduce SIDS is breastfeeding, which was kind of a a surprise to me. You can decrease the risk of SIDS by another 50% just by breastfeeding your child for the first six months, Mm. which is kind of crazy. Breast milk is magical. Yeah. It's magical. Tastes magical too. (laughs) Tastes like almond milk. It's incredible what a woman's body does for Mm -hmm. its baby. Yeah. When your child is sick, your breast milk will change. Your body will get that, those enzymes in that saliva from your baby's mouth. And your body can detect that your baby is sick, so your body will then produce breast milk that is full of, um, what is it, antibodies? Is that what, I don't know if that's the right word. I'm not yeah. good at science, but <laughs> your body will produce breast milk that is heavy in um, what your baby needs. nutrients that your baby needs to get better, to, get, to you know, get rid of yeah. that sickness. And that's a, this can be a whole nother conversation too, is breast milk versus formula. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting that, Breast milk decreases the chance of SIDS. And and I think, I wonder if part of it is like formula not being good for babies or if it's just breast milk is decreases the chance of SIDS by 50% because the other option is people just aren't feeding their babies at all or. Well, (laughs) you're never, you're never going to know what your baby needs. If your baby is deficient in something, if you're breastfeeding, your body is going to detect that and it's going to give you, give your baby what it needs. I think that is probably a, like I don't know a enough big reason, but it's like I don't think that breast milk, human breast milk, can be replicated. Yeah, you can give your baby formula, but it's not the same. It's unique, from what we understand. This could be wrong too, but we might want to have an actual like professional on this talk about it because it sounds, from what we understand, like breast milk is the beauty of breast milk is that it is unique to your individual child. And so your body will produce the milk that your baby needs. Whereas these companies that are manufacturing, producing powder for millions of babies, it's not, it's, they're not like, oh, this is what little Timothy needs or little Samantha, like she needs this kind of formula. It's not, it's not as specific as your body, which is like, this is my baby. This is, this is what it needs. Mm-hmm. And I I know that there are mothers out there who want to breastfeed and can't. Yeah. I know that there are mothers out there who have no choice but to use formula. 
and I'm not. I this again, is another disclaimer. Again, not no, we don't have to. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that anymore because I'm saying this. This still, this is our experience. There are outliers. If you're an outlier, okay, yeah. that's fine. I'm d- I'm tired of like. I know. Tiptoeing over every subject. So on this press release or whatever it was, this article from American Academy of Pediatrics, this is kind of funny. So they'll this was specific to sleeping, right? And and SIDS and co-sleeping. You know, there's there's points that they have like breastfeeding reduces the risk of sleep-related infant deaths. And one of their points was make sure the baby receives routine immunizations, which kind of felt like they're saying your baby will have a less chance of of dying in the middle of the night if you make sure that they're vaccinated. Where's the and there's no no reference, no source or you know there was it they just said it just it was just kind of a weird point that they just threw in make sure your baby is vaccinated too. And it's like, okay, but I'm I'm looking at what the risk of like co-sleeping is. and stuff is. Um, it's so shoved down our throats. Another thing that I was seeing was that when you're when you're co-sleeping, typically this is how it works. And you can you can go into this too, but your baby is sleeping next to you. Ideally, you don't have a million pillows on the bed and a bunch of blankets. It's ideally it's kind of a boring bed. Mm-hmm. Right. I would say we ended up okay and we had pillows and blankets and stuff. I think if we really wanted to be safe. There's certain levels of risk that different parents are willing to take. And for us, we were, we were okay with the, the risks of, of sleeping with our children. Because to us, it didn't seem like it was as big of a risk as maybe it would have been for someone else. If, if I were to recommend it to someone, I would probably make some corrections to what we did. Like remove everything off the bed except for, you know, maybe a pillow for each of you. And then like a thin blanket. You don't want to have a huge comforter or a separate blanket for the baby or yeah. stuffed animals or things like try to keep it super minimal. Yep. And then I've even seen things that go onto your bed. That's kind of like a bassinet that just in the middle, it just kind of blocks off. Well, I've seen the one that I saw was like goes at the edge of your bed. So you can basically block off a chunk of the edge of your bed and it's still on your bed, but there's like a gate around it. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And so you can lay next to that still. And then when it's time to feed the baby, you can just open it up, I guess. One of the benefits that I heard was that you being able to just wake up for half a second or whatever, however long it takes to to wake up and pull your shirt up and, and start feeding your baby and then go back to bed, like you will get so much better sleep that way than, than you will going vertically walking over to a different room or to a bassinet, picking up the baby, and then you're both awake. The baby probably had to make a little bit more noise in the bassinet or in the other room to get your attention attention versus, uh, I mean, you can speak to this more. How sensitive were you to noises or movements from our kids? All Phoebe had to do was turn her little head and I was up. And so what I found out was that when you're breastfeeding throughout the night, via co-sleeping, your sleep cycles will actually sync with your child. Yes. So that is something that a lot of people ask me. They ask, how is baby sleeping? How is the baby sleeping? How are you sleeping? And my answer is always great. 
from so when we started co-sleeping with Phoebe and we started like hearing people tell us you shouldn't do that I was afraid to tell them that we co-slept so I would just tell them oh Phoebe slept all throughout the night since the day she was born <laughs> um and then when people ask how Shepard sleeps I was, I say the same thing he's slept all through the night since the day he was born and it's true I mean it's true they they both sleep all throughout the night all night long Shepard wakes up maybe twice to eat. Yeah. Um, Phoebe now doesn't wake up at all. She sleeps all night long. And it's been that day since the day they were born. And I, it's been that it's way because we co-sleep. They're so comfortable sleeping next to us. They know mom and dad are there. They know they're not scared. And then I get more sleep because I know that my babies are right there and they're safe. Yeah. And if they need anything, I'm right there. And I'm not going to accidentally not hear them when they wake up in the middle of the night and they're in a different bedroom. So when you're co-sleeping, the you're you will go into light sleep together, and usually light sleep is when your baby will make some sort of, you know, little groans or a little movement, and you'll already be in light sleep too. So they'll all you'll have to do is be like, oh, I I feel you. Like I'm gonna feed you real quick, and then we'll go back to sleep together. We'll go back into deep sleep together, and then we'll come out of it together. And having that benefit versus you you trying to set your baby down they'll wake up because another thing that i heard a woman talking about was your baby all they know is being inside your womb being rocked and being with you and we kind of expect them and we have this pressure on our babies on newborn babies that as soon as they come out you're going to go lay over there apart from anything we'll even put a swaddle on them, which, Even which we the did. in the hospital, they do that. Immediately, they put your baby in a swaddle and put it in a bassinet. In a separate, yeah. And so, which, you know, we we would do that too. That's how we started with Phoebe was we would try swaddling her in the middle of the night and, and swaddle her, put, put her in her, put her in her bassinet. And, and what you're doing is you're trying to mimic being held and being with their mother. So it's like, why, if you're able, might as well just... Why mimic that it for when your you baby. can just do it? And then they won't sleep as well because the other thing that this lady was talking about was if you if your baby wakes up and they see that you're not there and every time they wake up they see that you're not there, you're kind of establishing this this negative pattern of oh when I when I wake up my mom's not going to be there and I'm going to have to cry so that she comes. Whereas a baby that like Phoebe who's every time she's woken up she's had you right there and you you just you just grab her instantly and like I'm here and what we've established with her is it's okay for you to wake up you're safe and we're here with you and so she she sleeps very well when when she's around us the I would say that the the opposite end of that because there is a kind of a negative side of it we don't really see it as negative because for us we don't really mind it but she has a hard time sleeping by herself like you can't we can't just say go lay down and fall asleep unless she's super tired then she'll go fall asleep but but the benefit of it is that as long as like we'll be sitting on the couch and she can just be laying leaning on me and she'll just pass out because she knows that I'm going to go to sleep it's going to be okay my dad's right here or my mom's right here and I'm going to wake up and they're going to still be there i feel like that's we're establishing a good groundwork for later on when when our kids it's going to be interesting to see when they're a little older, you know, and they're sleeping in their own rooms, how they, how they sleep. I mm-hmm. wonder if they're going to have more of an issue falling asleep or if they're going to 
be like, no, my, I know that my mom and my dad are, are here when I wake up. And so like, I don't have a problem sleeping. It'd be interesting to see, but definitely biologically, it makes more sense to, to have our babies in between us mm-hmm. and to have, yes, the comfort that they're okay from our end, but also them have the comfort that we're there. That, yeah. Those are the benefits that I see. And again, I just don't think that um, a mother and a child are supposed to be separated. It's just, I mean, for me, I just still, it just doesn't feel natural. And I don't know how I'm going to feel about it when Phoebe is older, because when she turns three is when we said that we were going to start trying to get her to sleep in her own room. I don't know if I'm going to be okay with it. I don't, I don't know. Like, well, we have time. I think one of the points that you brought up was, and this, this will lead us towards the end of the podcast here, and we'll wrap it up with this. Mm-hmm. Um, how long are we going to co-sleep? And I think that we have, one of the things that you brought up was we have a limited amount of time with our kids. And the one thing that you hear from parents whose kids are grown up is, I wish I would have just held them one more time. I wish I would have just stared at them a little longer when they were babies and just played with them a little bit more because it goes so quick. And I think you're right. Like in the end, those three or four years or whatever it is that you spend sleeping with your kids. It's nothing. That's nothing. And that time is so valuable to us. Like, you know, one of the things that people say is, but what about sex? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you want to co-sleep, you must not be having sex. And, and that, that space is for you guys. And it's like, there's, there's workarounds, right? There's other things that you can do. Mm -hmm. But that, one of the things that we value is having our kids in between us and we go to sleep as a family and we get to cuddle and we get to yeah. love each other. And Phoebe, Phoebe, when I tuck her in at night, you know, she's, she's next. I'll, so I'll usually tuck her in and I'll lay with her and then I'll, I'll get up and go do something and come back. Um, but I'll usually put her to sleep in bed and you'll, you'll stay there with her, which is so cute when, when I come upstairs now and she's like, Daddy, daddy, daddy. Yay, yay. You know, she gets so excited when I come to bed, which is which is so sweet. And then uh I'll tuck her in and then she'll ask for kisses and chapstick. <laughs> and uh and I'll ask her like, "How many kisses do you want?" And she'll say, "3 or 4." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Do you want 3 or 4 kisses?" And then she'll say one or the other and then I'll I'll give her kisses. And like that that's so beautiful that time that we have with them. Yeah. Because I mean, Phoebe's two years old and she already just feels like she's growing up so fast. And so it's, it's cool that we, we're going to have this time at the beginning of their lives that's just dedicated to so invaluable intimacy with them, which, you know, sounds uh, weird, but invaluable, I meant valuable. <laughs> so that's not what I meant. It's so valuable. It's so um, irreplaceable. We have so many years after our kids are grown to be with each other to cuddle and to sleep together mm-hmm. it makes me really sad thinking about the fact that phoebe's already two and i know that these next few years are going to go by so fast and soon she's going to want to sleep by herself she's going to want her own space she's going to want right. to sleep in her own room she's going to want apart from us mm-hmm. yeah that's i think that that's inevitable i think that one day phoebe will say hey can i I want to sleep in my own bed or something, you know? And maybe that's the day that we're like, sure. Like you, you're your own human being. You know, you can, you can sleep in your own room if that's what you want. But right now I think it's so valuable to have the time that we do with our, 
with our babies in our bed and it's irreplaceable and once it's gone it's gone yeah you're not going to get it back so you might as well just make the most out of it you have more babies embrace it embrace this time that you have with your kids i have to remind myself of that all the time to stop stop wishing that i had something else or stop complaining about the things that irritate me or complaining about this or thinking about that and just embrace my kids and embrace the fact that these years are going to go by so fast and in 10 years I'm going to look back and I'm going to wish that I had these years back and if I don't embrace it and if I don't live it to the fullest and value it then I'm going to regret it I'm going to regret it so bad yeah and I think for us that's our opinions on on co-sleeping is we love it. Big advocates. Mm-hmm. If you if you're concerned about co-sleeping and and you're like I'm I'm really concerned about you know I like having twenty pillows around me and I I flip over you know like a like a fish on land when I sleep like okay we're not gonna tell you we're not gonna say everyone needs to co-sleep, start co-sleeping but it's like our hope is that our story with co-sleeping and our journey with co-sleeping sharing that if that puts anyone's mind at ease on on co-sleeping like that's that's all we want to do is just like here's our story if you if you want to start co-sleeping awesome we're we're really for that if you don't want to that's fine too like you don't need to we see a lot of benefits in it and and we love it and and I'm sure there's there's more to more to talk about on the on the topic stuff that we just completely missed but i think we covered a lot on it is there anything else that you have to say about it no how long if you want to try it out try it out see if it works for you if it doesn't that's fine yeah and and there are more resources out there if you want to want to look at the safety of it and how to do it safely how to you know, reduce the risk of you rolling over on your baby or whatever it is. Like there's a ton of resources. We're not the only people out here saying how to, how to co-sleep safely or anything. Like there's, we encourage you to go look, look at other things mm-hmm. and, and really figure out how to do it safely and what works for you. If your baby has trouble sleeping or is colicky. Or if or you have, fussy, if you have trouble sleeping. Try it out. Yeah. Just try it out. See if it works for you. It probably will. <laughs> yeah, we have we have friends who, for their first baby, they they tried sleeping separately, and and they said, you know, it it was hard. You're up every night, and for I like see a year. I hear it a lot of people too. Like, you know, you'll see someone who has a baby, and you'll just ask them how they're doing, and they're like, oh, I'm not getting any sleep. Like, it's so hard. And for us, that was never really an issue. Yeah. Can we attribute that? Can we attribute that entirely to co-sleeping? Maybe. I would say that's a big part of it, probably. I don't know if there was much else that we did, but but yeah, like I just want to tell them, try sleeping with your baby, but you know, everyone to each their own and and to us ours. I don't know. <laughs> and it worked for us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let us know if you have any questions or sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Or you let us know if you have questions or if if you know anyone who has a lot more information to offer on co-sleeping we would love to talk to them and and present what they have and give them an audience because i think the people who follow us are really interested in this kind of thing in these kinds of topics and 
you know, different parenting styles and, and different ways of sleeping with your kids. And, um, yeah. So if you know anyone, or if you are someone who's knowledgeable in those kinds of things, please reach out to us mm-hmm. because we would love to to have a conversation with someone who knows a little bit more, but yeah, with that, you got anything else? I do not. Cool. We love you guys. Thank you guys for listening to us. Thank you for the, the loyal members out there. And if you're not a loyal member, please become one. We encourage you to subscribe or, you know, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Mm -hmm. wherever you get podcasts. Instagram, you can follow us wherever it goes podcast. Um, We also have TikTok and Facebook and what's the other one? YouTube. YouTube. Whatever it is, follow us, join the community, ask us questions, reach out to us. But yeah, other than that, we hope you guys have a great Sunday and a great rest of your week. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.